Hello, everybody. Thanks and for thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Docs Sportscast today. <clears throat> so Aurora and I are going to be uh, covering a little bit about you know Monday Night Football. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll preview a little bit of upcoming Thursday Night Football tomorrow night, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about some various stories, news going on. Um, Right now in the NFL, maybe like some hype and things like that about what's going on. Um, there's different opinions, things like that out there, and obviously a lot of hype, a lot of drama headlines. So we'll cover some of those things. <clears throat> but with that being said, we'll go ahead and jump right into it here. So um, first up, Monday night. Uh, guys, this is exactly what we anticipated. Um, this is exactly what we anticipated going into Monday Night Football. I know Eagles fans aren't going to like hearing this, but we said that this would be a situation where the Cowboys win this game. Uh, we saw that Jalen Hurts, we, we said Jalen Hurts would come out and uh, not play all that well in this game. We don't believe that he is ready to be in the position he's in. Um, I also don't believe he's – I don't believe – I, I, I'm not set on him being a franchise quarterback right now. I, I, I don't believe in that. I've, I've said it. Um, I've got a lot of question marks with him, and I think it was ridiculous for the Eagles to, you know, just let Carson Wentz, you know, just get rid of Carson Wentz the way they did <clears throat> when Jalen Hurts really is unproven. And in a game where it's, hey, prove it in this game, where you're not up against, like, the Atlanta Falcons, you're up against the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> and what do you do? You play awful. And that's what we we anticipated that we expected it to happen, and it's it's sad for Eagles fans. Uh, you know, like I said, Aurora's mother uh, is you know went to school in Philadelphia. You know, he, definitely uh, Eagles fan to an extent, and you know we'd like to see them do well, but I just don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, we've said it over and over. I just don't think Jalen Hurts is ever going to be uh, well. At least at least for this season, things can always change, but <clears throat> I don't believe he's going to be a person who is you know, just like consistent, solid player this year. Uh, it's not going to happen. You're going to have ups and downs. That's what you get with these types of quarterbacks that you just bring in. They're, they're rushing first quarterbacks. And, you know, if they have to sit there in the pocket and then they don't have the amazing protection to get them out uh, outside the pocket all the time, you know, uh, with rushing plays, they don't have time to get outside the pocket. They're going to struggle. I mean, <clears throat> it is what it is. <clears throat> in this game, he threw a lot of passes that, uh, didn't need to be thrown. He he did a lot, made a lot of plays that shouldn't have been made, and uh, yeah, it just definitely hurt the team. He went 25 for 39, 326 yards, um, two touchdowns, which is which is good. You want to see that, but that's the problem is you have these flashy plays. You have guys who can score touchdowns. They can put points on the board. Yeah, but they can put points on the board for the other team too, and that happened. Two interceptions. Um, one of those returned for a uh, touchdown in this game, and. You know, it 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 is troubling to me because Philadelphia doesn't have a good backup at this point. I mean, yeah, Gardner Minshew's fine. Gardner Minshew's fine. Um, I, I would be okay if they end up having to go to him at some point, if this continues. It won't. Trust me, the Eagles are going to die on Jalen Hurts this year. They, they will die on Jalen Hurts this year. And, you know, that's just, it is what it is. Um, that's what they've chosen to do. And uh, fans will be disgusted at times with it, and other times fans will be super happy with it. So, you know, take the good with the bad, I guess, um, with them. But anyway, outside of him, 
you know, they, they got no rushing game going. Miles Sanders had two carries for 27 yards. I mean, just pitiful, abysmal. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had one rush for two yards. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get the ball. They, they didn't even choose to run the ball, okay? This, this is bad coaching, and it's bad play from Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Dow- Dallas just owned this game, and they were, you know, the Eagles were outcoached. They were outplayed in every sense of the way that you could think about it. You know, Zach Ertz had four catches for 53 yards. Jalen Rager had five catches for 53 yards. And Dallas Goddard had two catches for 66 yards. It just wasn't good, guys. Um, not a good showing at all. We're not going to spend too much time harping on this. I mean, kudos to Dallas. There's a lot of great things we could talk about there. Dallas Dak Prescott, three touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. 21 for 26, super efficient, played amazing. Um, you know, what, what more do you want to say? Ezekiel Elliott, 17 rushes for 95 yards. 11 for rushes from Tony Pollard for 60 yards. Two touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott on the day as well. Then Dalton Schultz showed up, uh, six catches for 80 yards, two touchdowns on the day. I mean... Yeah, the, this and the rest of it was shared around really well. Three, three, and three for receptions for Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Ezekiel Elliott. So Dallas just owned this game. Uh, they, the Eagles were outcoached, outplayed. Uh, quarterback uh, play was poor for them. So you're going to end up losing. <clears throat> anyway, moving on from that game, um, we will talk about the Philadelphia Sixers situation again. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but Ben Simmons um, – the whole situation here is that Ben Simmons does not want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers. He has made that apparent and, uh, you know, public to everybody to know. And while we're not fans of, like, holdouts and players whining and complaining and things like that, um, here's the thing, just like what happened with Aaron Rodgers, okay? At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the Sixers don't need to budge. Why rush and trade a guy who's scared to dunk the ball because nobody else is going to want him on their team anyway. Nobody else is going to want Ben Simmons, a guy in the playoffs who was too afraid to have the ball in his hands that he passed up a wide-open dunk. Okay, The Sixers hold all the power here at the end of the day when it comes down to it. Now, that doesn't mean it's a... That doesn't mean that it's there's a winning situation for Philadelphia here. We, and we said that on the podcast last week. There's no w- situation where... You know, either person wins in this in this scenario, um, or either t- or the, where the Sixers win in this scenario, but they do hold all the power. The situation is just a bad situation for the Sixers in, in general. As far as you know, when it comes to them holding the power, I mean, we saw it with Aaron Rodgers. Like I said in the NFL this year, at the end of the day, the team holds all the power. Why would you rush to trade a guy who no one's going to give you anything good for? The Sixers will lose regardless if they rush to make a trade. They have to wait things out, wait things out, and hope somebody comes with a good offer, and they're not going to come with a really good offer. <clears throat> they're going to get something less than what they should for this guy because he is very he is very gifted with his athleticism, um, his build, the, the talents that he does have. Um, he, he's very gifted in that way. So it's a, it's a big project for someone to take on and for the right buyer you could get something decent for him. They're not going to, though. Teams know that he wants out. I mean, it's a bad situation. But the Sixers will lose regardless based on either a wasted roster spot of him sitting there on the roster, not suited, and they're you know paying or, and he's sitting out the season. Um, so that's a, a wasted season for a player that you have on your, on your roster. 
um, or losing value if a trade happens because you're you're going to lose value uh, overall in your roster. But here's the thing: the Sixers do hold all the power because why try and 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 trade him? Why budge and make a move? Because guess what? They're not any better with Ben Simmons on the court. They're probably better with him off the court. So sit there and don't do anything. If he wants to sit and hold out and he wants to sit and not play games, fine. Let him sit at home and not get paid. Who cares? He's not. He doesn't help your team anyway. We saw that in the playoffs. The guy's scared to dunk the ball. So there you go. It is what it is. You know, just suck it up, right? Um so NBA players on vaccinations, moving on to this topic, it's been coming out in the news lately with uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Kyrie Irving, a few of the players that talk about this recently talked about, you know, vaccines and things like that. Guys, who cares? Okay, let's relax here. This is the same thing that happened with the NFL. Um, leading up to the season, there's all these headlines, who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, but who cares? It, it's a personal decision for these players. I don't give a crap who's vaccinated, who's not when it comes to these players. I really don't. Now, when it comes to like projecting how the teams are going to do, yeah, that could factor in. But at the same time, let's wait till we get, you know, a, a couple weeks into the season and see how this goes, guys. Because we saw it with the NFL. Plenty of guys who were like, no, 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 I'm not vac- I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm anti-vaccination, blah, 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 whatever. <clears throat> you got people sitting there saying that, and they don't want to get vaccinated. Season starts. All the pressure is on them, and all of a sudden they get vaccinated. So, you know, I mean, let's wait and see how this happens. It, it doesn't make any sense right now to sit and make this a whole big deal. We're, we're wasting time trying to find news and make news out of things that isn't news right now. So who cares? I'm not worried about the vaccination when it comes to NBA players. Two weeks into the season, okay, let's talk about it then. But right now, why does it matter? We're, we're still not even there. Still not even there yet. Same thing with the NFL. Relax. <clears throat> Dolphins quarterback situation. Guys, we're going to talk about a couple quarterback situations here. One is the Miami Dolphins, okay, who I previously worked for um, in the past. And, you know, the thing with the Miami Dolphins, guys, is that the quarterback play for the Miami Dolphins, everybody wanted – to a tongue of Iowa. Okay? Don't lie. Don't go out there and say you didn't. All the Dolphins fans wanted to a tongue of Iowa. We said on the podcast, we we mentioned it last week, we've talked about it, how, again, just like Jalen Hurts, we are not a fan of to a tongue of Iowa. We're not a fan of his play. We don't believe in what he's doing out there. I don't think that he is the answer for them. All right? Now, that being said, they have a interesting situation where Tua Tagovailoa was hurt, and they had to play <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett. Here's the thing: kudos to the Miami Dolphins for going and getting Jacoby Brissett because he is a suitable NFL quarterback. He is. He's a suitable NFL quarterback. He came out and played very well. If you look at the stats, and we're going to be posting uh, today or posting two two uh, images on our Facebook page about the comparison between Tua Tagovailoa and Jacoby Brissett and the two quarterbacks we're going to talk about here in a minute. But if you look at the stats, guys, Tua Tagovailoa did not play well. He had a 48 40 a 54.8 completion percentage, 
Okay, he threw for 202 yards. This is in his first game. Okay, his completion percentage for the season is 54.8 yards. He has one touchdown and one interception. Okay, it's a QBR of 74. Right, QBR wise, whatever it is, what it is. Um, it's not horrible, but it's not good either. All right. Look at Jacoby Brissett in the one game that he started. 215 yards, which is more than what Tua Tungavailoa threw in the first game of the season when he was the starter the whole game. Completion percentage for Jacoby Brissett, 62.9. That's that's quite a bit better. I mean, that's 8% better than what Tua Tungavailoa was doing. Okay. Yes, Jacoby Brissett doesn't have a passing touchdown. He does have the rushing touchdown, though, that he got. Okay. Interception-wise, he threw an interception. So has Tua Tungavailoa. So here's the thing. When you're looking at it, if your backup is playing just as good, or if not better, then the guy that you want to be your starter, maybe you need to start thinking that Tua Tungavailoa is not the guy. Okay, that's just my take on it. I, I really think Brissett is a serviceable quarterback. Y'all wanted Tua. I don't know why. And so far, Brissett has played arguably better in his one full game than Tua did. Right? Next situation we're going to talk about is the Bears situation, which I'm sure many people know about right now. Um, it's the one that's really getting a lot of, a lot, a lot of hype. So... The Bears quarterback situation is kind of the opposite. They went with the veteran first. They went with the guy to try to give them the best opportunity to win right now, the the veteran that would be more consistent to start the season, things like that, right? So look what happened. Dalton played better, all right? If you look at this past game, and I know a lot of people are going to sit and say, oh, my God, it's the coach and blah, 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 blah. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. But here's the thing. Justin Fields, in his one game that he started, threw for 68 yards. Okay, His completion percentage is 40%. His touchdowns, zero, and he's thrown one interception. <clears throat> QBR of 39. That's way worse than Tua Tungavailoa that we just talked about as well. Andy Dalton, on the other hand, in the one game that he played, the full game as a starter, threw for 206 yards. <clears throat> way better than 68 from Justin Fields. 73.5 completion percentage, way better than Justin Fields. One touchdown to no touchdowns for Justin Fields. <clears throat> and one interception to one interception. QBR of 83.9, which is way better than a 39. So, for those of you who are going to sit there and say, oh, Tua Tungavailoa's QBR is better than Jacoby Brissett, so Tua Tungavailoa is clearly better. Okay, if you want to go based on QBR, then Andy Dalton definitely needs to be the starter in Chicago. So, here's the thing, guys. The offensive line isn't ready. This line is not ready. You know, the team is not built for this. So, why punish Justin Fields for being a good athlete, right? That's what's happening. We are punishing Justin Fields for being a good athlete. Because, oh, he's a great athlete. He can go out there. He can make plays. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy. Okay, so you're going to send your best your best athlete out there 
to get punished because he got sacked nine times in this game. Nine times, okay? That's the amount of days that Ferris Bueller, like, didn't show up for school. Nine times, all right? Remember that. Just ridiculous here. This brings us to Matt Nagy, okay? Saying three quarterbacks are up for week four. And people are upset that, you know, he's sitting there going back and forth between three different quarterbacks when, you know, he needs to be playing Justin Fields. That's what everybody's wanting, right? Here's the thing, guys. Bears fans, you have forced this on yourself. You have forced this situation onto yourself. You have no one to blame but yourself. Because here's this, here's what happens. The situation is worse because the coach knows Justin Fields isn't the answer right now. He knows Justin Fields can't make certain plays right now. He knows Justin Fields is going to go out there and get hammered every game, sacked nine times. So if the coach knows that, the coach sees it, the coach is there every practice. The coach is there every film session. The coach is way more involved with his organization and knowing these players than what you guys are at home. Okay, Trust me on that. So... He knows that he's not the answer right now, but the fans are hating so much on Andy Dalton. Not because of anything Andy Dalton has done since he's been in Chicago. Andy Dalton has been pretty good in Chicago. There's been nothing bad about Andy Dalton since he's been in Chicago, actually play-wise. What he's actually done performing-wise. He has not put any bad product out there on the field. So just because of how he did before he got to Chicago, things that happened while he was in Dallas or whatever... Different organizations, different settings, different players, personnel, everything. They don't want to go with Andy Dalton because he's not the flashy player or whatever. Okay, fine. You're hating on him so much that you have pressure on the coach. So much that he is wanting to go against his own his own instincts of playing Andy Dalton. And now he knows, again, Justin, he knows better than all y'all that Justin Fields is not ready. He's not the guy right now. So... Now you forced him to say, okay, maybe we'll play Nick Foles because that's probably my next best option beside Andy Dalton. You all have forced this on yourself. If you let the man do what he needs to do, you're going to have Andy Dalton out there until it is time for Justin Fields to come in and take over. And if all y'all want to sit there and say, oh my gosh, you need to play him right now, you need to play him right now, we're sitting there wasting him, we're wasting him, relax. You have time. Look at the other quarterbacks. Look at the other rookie quarterbacks right now. Trevor Lawrence is struggling bad. He's going to finish with more interceptions than he does touchdowns. He's on pace to finish with the highest interception total in the league ever. I, I mean, close to that. Maybe not getting to Jameis Winston level, but close. And then you got Zach Wilson, who's not playing well either for the New York Jets. Guy's throwing picks left and right right now. He's getting sacked all the time. Do you want to set up Justin Fields to do the same thing? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. I don't get it why y'all can't look at all these other teams and understand, oh, well, he could be Patrick Mahomes or he could be... Guys, Patrick Mahomes is a different situation. He he sat most of his first year and learned and developed. Look at the pl- the guys right now that came in with him. They are all struggling because they're thrown into the fire too quick, too soon, and they're not ready. Y'all don't understand. So you've set this up on yourselves, okay? Everyone wants to sit and say, oh, it's horrible coaching. It's horrible coaching. That's that's why Justin Fields played so bad. It's horrible coaching. Let me tell you something, guys. Matt Nagy is a head coach in the National Football League. This means that this man has a ton of experience, a plethora of knowledge, 
out there and you can sit and say he might be a bad coach or whatever. You can sit there and say that all day. But you know what? He made it in the playoffs last year. He got his team in the playoffs last year when nobody expected them to get there. So I think he's done a decent job because he made the playoffs last year when I think going into the season, a lot of people didn't expect you to you guys to get there. So he's a decent coach. Let's stop sitting there saying he's not. He has knowledge. He's not an idiot. So when you sit there and say blatantly, oh my gosh, this guy's an idiot. Like, why is he not playing the better quarterback? Maybe there's something you don't know that he does because he is adamant about Andy Dalton. And I think it's for the right reasons. Don't send Justin Fields out there to get hammered and hammered and hammered every game nine times to get sacked and possibly risk injury, possibly traumatize the kid, turn him into the next Sam Darnold situation in New York. And the only way he's going to have a good career is going somewhere else. Like, you don't want to set that up. So let's chill the heck out on the coach. This is not the coach's fault, okay? He set up plays because he knew that Justin Fields needed to be able to get the ball out. He knew that Justin Fields needed weapons on the field. He needed as many wide receivers on the field as he could. He needed to spread it out and make it uh, a fast play. I don't know. He's a coach. He has to know what's going on. I don't know what he was thinking, but he has a plethora of knowledge. So when people are sitting there saying, oh, he's only doing he's put, he's doing five blockers, five blockers, five blockers. Like, why doesn't he put tight ends and all this stuff? Guys, if the team's not built for that, if they're not set up for that, you can't do it. So here's the thing. People can sit there and say, oh, my God, it's bad coaching. It's bad coaching. You know, if you if you have five blockers out there, they're always going to get beat. Excuse me. That's their job. You have five offensive linemen. You typically have four people unless there's a blitz coming at you or three people. Five should be able to block four or five should be able to block three. If the other team brings a blitz, that's up to the quarterback to check things. That's up to the quarterback to learn what's coming at him. Maybe Matt Nagy wanted to throw him into the fire a bit there and learn, you need to understand how to check this. You need to understand how to get guys blocked. He didn't do well. It goes both ways, guys. At the end of the day, take take guys like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, etc. Put them on this team. They're automatically going to be better. They will automatically play well. And they're not going to get sacked nine times. They will check things down. They will figure out how to put guys in positions to succeed. They will move things around. Those guys at quarterback will make that happen. So if Justin Fields is as amazing as everybody wants to sit and say he is, he wouldn't be able to perform that poorly. He's not ready right now. He needs more time. Clearly, I think that's what we're seeing here. Because if you take Patrick Mahomes and you throw him on this team right now, this team's going to be a lot better than what they looked like on Sunday. Think about that for a second. Think about that. If you guys want to sit and blame the coach and you want to blame the offensive line and all this stuff, look at guys who have had poor offensive line play in the past. Look at you know great quarterbacks that have had bad offensive lines or bad coaches or whatever, and they still made things happen. They still made it work. They didn't look as bad as Justin Fields did. Think about that, okay? Before we jump to sit and say, oh my gosh, it's the coach. Let's just not blame. Maybe it's all together. Everybody's to blame, all right? It's a bad situation. And pressure from outside people, fans and things like that, have made the situation worse. Because all that pressure from the outside is forcing people to have to make decisions they don't want to make. People that are experts and paid a lot of money to do the job they're doing, they're being forced to do things that they don't think is right. 
And that's going to lead to not being successful. Uh, anyway, we'll jump off the situation of the Chicago Bears. It's a horrible situation. Hopefully it gets better. Um, next up, we'll talk about Tyler Boyd. He came out and said how the Steelers have given up. Okay, so in this game, uh, the Steelers played the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, Cincinnati pretty much dominated this game. They ran away with it for the most part. Um, and late in the game, I mean, the Steelers just had nothing going. I mean, even the whole game, they really didn't have anything going. Couldn't get anything going offensively. Defensively, they wasn't really you know, stopping very much. Um, and Tyler Boyd came out in an interview and said, you know, it was clear that you know, they showed us what they're all about. They gave up out there. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Um, if I'm a defensive player for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to give up too. I'm not going to want to play uh, because, <laughs> guys, it's a joke. It's a joke what you're putting out there on the field to me. People want to sit and talk about how the Chicago Bears, like how can the Chicago Bears get excited for the season when you know, you've got Andy Dalton starting and you could have played Justin Fields instead. People sitting there saying, how can the Houston Texans want to put out effort when Deshaun Watson isn't playing for them? Guys, how can the Pittsburgh Steelers get excited to play when Ben Roethlisberger is still their quarterback right now? The situation is the offense is atrocious. Ben does not have it anymore. Okay, He does not have it anymore. And the defense is playing the whole game because it's three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, over and over and over. Why put the effort in on defense? Okay, it's 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 just like any relationship. Why keep putting the effort in when your other half is only putting in maybe five percent? If your other half is only putting in like five percent effort and giving you five percent like results. Why would you keep putting in a bunch of effort on your side? Why? And that's what's happening here. This offense is not holding up. We need to understand. The Steelers have been good. Okay? They have been good. And Ben Roethlisberger has been good. But he is not good anymore. And they are not good anymore from an offensive standpoint. Okay? It's it's a horrible situation for the Steelers, and I feel bad for Steelers fans. It's a great franchise, a short franchise, and guys, I'm just telling you, Ben Roethlisberger does not have it anymore. If I'm on that defense, I'm not going to be putting forth effort. Like I would be hoping Mason Rudolph or somebody else gets to come in and play because at least they can make some plays downfield because at least they can try and do something. Um, you know, at least they can make some plays and keep the defense off the field for a bit because they're gassed the whole game i would give up too it doesn't make any sense um so everybody's upset about tyler boyd saying that like maybe he's right maybe he's right because if i'm that defense i'm not going to put in all that effort either it's difficult and it's frustrating to see um but ben does not have it anymore he can't push that ball downfield you know it, it's just not happening is not happening. He's getting tons of checkdowns to Najee Harris, the running back. So for fantasy purposes, you know, at least he's getting some plays and things like that. But other than that, I mean, you can't rely on any of these receivers because a lot of them are speedsters. They can get down the field and make some plays. And by the time they get downfield, you know, Ben's looking and he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get it down there. And he just doesn't have the velocity. He doesn't have the strength to get the ball where he needs to get it out when he needs to. It's just not happening, guys. So 
this is a frustrating season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a grinded out season until you can get to next year, unless they decide to bench mate, unless they decide to bench Ben Roethlisberger, which they will not do. I'm telling you right now, they will not do. Um, I would be shocked if they do, but um, it's going to be a very tough season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But offensively, they just don't have it, and that's the situation. Uh, so last up, we'll talk about the last like dramatic thing people are talking about. Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, they have lost two in a row. Okay, two in a row now. Let's calm down, people. People are sitting there, and people are even asking the question, okay? And a lot of people are not asking it, but people are asking the question, are the Chiefs done? Are, are, are the Chiefs in trouble? Are, are the Chiefs, like, a normal team now? Guys, let's calm down here. This is still the same team that they were. There's no difference in the team, all right? The difference... Yeah, and you have to understand how to look at this, but the team is the same. They still have their three playmakers on offense, which is basically all they've had. Travis Kels, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the three that they've always had. They have not had much else. They've always had Miko Hardman, who doesn't really make plays. They've always had Demarcus Robinson, who always hasn't made plays. And they had Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, who didn't make a lot of plays. So they still have their three guys. Line still looks fine. There's no issues with that. Defense looks similar, too. I mean, they've had some bad defensive years and still went to the Super Bowl and things. So, like, that's not a huge thing either. Okay? That's not a huge thing either. It is a situation where Kansas City is still the same team that they were. They're not in trouble, okay? And they're not an average team. The challenge is that other teams have caught up to them. Other, and this will always happen. Other teams are progressing to be able to get to the level that they are. And that is something that is a good thing. It's competitiveness, but that doesn't mean they still shouldn't be a favorite in many categories, whether it's division, conference, even Super Bowl. This team is still the same team. They still got their guys, but they faced a very good, very good Chargers team. I mean, this team is is a standout team. Uh, they're also a very good matchup against Kansas City. They're a very good matchup against Kansas City, okay? And the same thing with Baltimore. It's a very good matchup with Baltimore, okay? The big thing is you got to run the clock. You got to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Both of these teams were able to do that. Baltimore from the standpoint of running the ball. Lamar Jackson was able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, keep the clock going, give less and less chance for their, you know, them to go off, okay? And what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs is early on in games, they can come out flat, and they did against the Chargers. The Chargers built a lead. They built enough of a lead to where they could weather the storm when the Chiefs inevitably went on their offensive run. So that's how you beat them. You run the clock out enough, and they will be flat at certain points, and you have to capitalize on those points by running the ball, 
running the clock out, getting up as much as you can during that time, and weathering the storm when they start to make their run. Okay? So what did Baltimore do? They ran the ball and they kept it out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. What did the Chargers do? They capitalized on scoring early in the game while the Chiefs were flat. And then they tried to manage manage the clock, run the clock down. So give them less chance to actually come back later in the game. If that game had one more quarter, the Chiefs would have came back and won that game. They didn't have enough time. Okay? So this is what we need to talk about. These are the things we need to think about when it comes to Kansas City Chiefs. Let's calm down. Let's relax. Not a big deal. Chiefs will bounce back. Um, anyway, uh, Thursday night, Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati is easily going to win this game. Jacksonville is horribly coached. Horrible situation at quarterback right now with Trevor Lawrence throwing picks left and right. Um, Cincinnati will win this game. I do think that it will be a little bit closer. I think Urban Meyer, even his ridiculous stupidity um, of NFL coaching, will not make them like the worst team in the NFL at this point. He's got offensive talent, and they, it will shine at some point. He's using James Robinson more. So I think this will be a little bit closer of a game. Look for Jacksonville to score you know, 14 to 20 points in this game, but look for Cincinnati to put up 25 to 30. Uh, I think Cincinnati ends up taking Thursday Night Football. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. On Friday, we'll talk about uh, the Sunday slate and what will be upcoming there. But, yeah, really appreciate it. Please like, share, subscribe. If you have a Facebook, email below. Uh, appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you so much. I will talk to you on Friday.